Mary Maria Sprout. 15 seconds to curtains, you three. Oh. Oh. No one's here. Well, I guess I'll just be going then. My name is Maria. My co-host for today is Mary. This is part two of our Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock deep dive. If you haven't listened to part one, do so because this episode won't make sense without it. Okay, I think that's all for now. Let's get back to the episode where we talk about episode six through thirteen. Enjoy! What were we talking about before I left? Uh, we were talking about Icy Joe. Mm. She's a mean lady and I love her. And we were also talking about Storyteller, who I adore. I love this characterization of the Storyteller. They made her gay, and I love it. They did, and she and Icy Joe are, are lesbian lovers, and you can't take that away from me. You'll have to kill me first. I am unkillable, so. I mean, I'm going to kill you anyway, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am unkillable to everyone except for Mary. Mary's the only one that can <laughs> kill me. I, I relate to Icy Joe because I'm cold all the time. Uh, I love uh, the main thing I want to focus on is this is one of the uh, the few Bobo episodes in the show in this in the season. Uh, he's I'd say he has three. It's the pilot, the finale, and this one. And I think I love the message of don't meet your heroes; they will disappoint you. <laughs> Should have gotten used to this with Uncle Traveling Matt is the thing. Bobo likes to set himself up for disappointment. It's like me. Wow. Oh my gosh, are you Gobo Core too? I don't know, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm so mokey, I'm, like, very artistic, and, and I love that type of way, and then other times I'm like, oh, I'm very boober, but then other times I'm like, I'm gobo. I guess I'm all of them except, well, I'm very red. I'm all of them except, no, wait, Wembley, because I'm Wembling right now, fuck. <laughs> Shit, I'm Wembley. Damn it, I'm Wembley, fuck. You are Wembley. Sprout is Boober, you're Wembley, and I'm Gobo. Ow. Originally, I was like, yeah, I'll be red. No, it doesn't fit. I'm Wembley. Fuck, I'm Wembley. <laughs> I'm fucking Wembley. I'm fucking- I'm Wembling. I'm- I just- I'm like, she'll get there. In the middle of talking, I- of realizing of like, oh, that was a real realization. That was not a bit. <laughs> No, I'm, I am Gobo because... Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Richard Starman on Twitter, our very good friend. He is the little brother of this podcast. Um, he is... I, I would say that he is Moki. He's very artistic and, and fun. And uh, B... B is red. B, yeah, B is red. But also, have you seen that 2008 photo of Andy Samberg with red on his shoulder? That's B in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done it. Hey, guys, we fan-casted the Fraggle 5 as us. Coming next summer. Don Tartaglia, watch your back. Watch your fucking back. I just want to say, I really love the relationship between Gobo and Wembley in this episode. I really feel like they've got a very good brotherly bond, and that they genuinely do care for one, one another. This episode really hit me of like, oh, they're best friends, they're brothers. It, it gave me big Wembling fool vibes, so much so that I was like wanting it. Like, this, like some of the songs, even though I do love the old songs, I'm like, part of me doesn't want you guys to like touch them. But then with this, I was like, no, give me a Wembling fool, give it, give it, give it. I need it. 
need it in my bloodstream now. I love Wemlin Fool. Wish I could play it on Spotify. <laughs> Same. Also, I also really liked um, that Icy Joe does try to make an effort to adjust after a while. I think that's very important. Like she, like yeah, she's used to a certain way of things, and it's this is a lot for her, but she's going to try, and I think that means a lot. There's such a morbid joke whenever she first gets out of like, is this person dead? They probably are, <laughs> and it. Just it immediately hits you of like, oh, this is who Icy Joe is. We know who Icy Joe is. Love her. She's her puppet is so cool. Some scenes it looks like it's rods, but other scenes it looks like live hands. So I'm not entirely sure. I don't know, but also the new uh, rod technology they have is super good. So it could be either. Yeah. Can we talk about? The technology for like Moki's blinking and and Wembley's eyes going over the place. I mean, in the original, it was great, but like, it's just it's so good, so smooth. Like even the finger movements are perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a screenshot. I can't remember if it was Richard or Sprout that sent it. Uh, to me specifically of Uncle Traveling Matt with uh live hands. It looked so cursed. It, it was probably one of them. Yeah, knowing them. Yeah, and then uh, Doc staying awake to write a paper was just a mood. His we've all been there. How so much of a uh, sophomore year of high school was me staying up to do pa uh, finishing papers? Ooh. I still remember there's one paper I wrote in my junior year of high school I thought was due the next day. I stayed up until 3 a.m. writing it, and then I got there the next day, and it's like, and the teacher's like, this is due next week. And I think I just about died. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, you still had more time to go over it. I'm like, can I sleep in class? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, and then, Junior working on that fountain. Yeah, King, do it. Fountains. The water from the first episode where they found the water in the cavern with their uncle traveling Matt's backpack. That's where the... I'm assuming if you are a fan of Fraggle Rock, you've already seen the reboot and you're listening to us. I don't understand who would not watch the reboot and then listen to our dumb gay shit. Like... I just wanted to hear about Della Duck. Yeah. Was there anything with Users or, or Marjorie in this episode? They're mentioned in the wiki, so I can't really say. Okay, I'm just trying to remember. I don't think there is. I love the scene at the beginning of the storyteller. She has, She's such a specific woman. I love her. And I and I do I did love Richard Hunt's uh, version of the st storyteller. But yeah. But there's something about this version where I'm like, okay, Queen, go off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because she's like she she's not trying to fuck Uncle Traveling Matt. Yeah, that might be a big part of it. I in the way that you are the number one Jerry Nelson fan, I am the number one Richard Hunt fan, and Sprout is the number one Carol Spinney fan. Of course. Yeah, that's just how this is. And if you want to fight me and think you're a bigger Jerry Nelson fan, you're gonna have to fight me. You'll have to fight her before I get to her. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, there's like 
a paper that I'm writing specifically about Richard Hunt that I'm very excited to share. Ooh. I'm very excited to read it. I love all of the stuff he did, so of course I love the original storyteller, but this storyteller, she has some, like, oomph to her, which is, um, she's so fun. She's so fun and funky and fresh, and we love that here. Exactly. She's so, I, I love her. Yes, and that was, and this episode was really great. All of the episodes were really great. Yeah, they were really fun to watch. Thoughts on the Legend of Icy Joe song? I thought it was a really cute folk song. Anna Kimball kills it, as always. Of course. It just gave so much more, like, mythos and lore to Fraggle Rock that I love. Love getting lore. I don't know if you guys know this. I love me some lore. And then there's also Sharon, You're Not Alone. And I know I listened to that song earlier today, but I cannot remember. <laughs> I think we're, we're noticing a pattern here, Mary. Oops. Sorry. It was, a uh, apparently it was an original song used for the original episode in a cave of one's own okay i have not seen that episode of the original fraggle rock because i'm a failure you're not a failure i mean you can all watch them now on apple tv sponsored but yeah and i remember it being a very good song with a pretty rendition so we're gonna go with that next episode I, uh, Flight of the Fl of the Flutterflies, our second Boober episode. Okay. The Troubadours come to the rock to celebrate New Day's Day. Boober becomes the unwilling centerpiece of the festivities, where he must give a holiday speech and release a new swarm of flutterflies. Meanwhile, Doc prepares to propose her plastic-eating bacteria to her professors. And this episode was written by uh, Charlie Feldman and directed by Jordan Canning. And the songs in this episode are Go With the Flow and New Day's Day. And this episode features celebrity guest star David Diggs. Okay, thoughts? If people hate gays, why do we keep winning? <laughs> exactly! This is a, such a good episode. This is such a good episode. It's so much fun. I love a good boober episode. The vibe was there. Uh, I want to know your thoughts on the, um, on David, on the, on David Diggs' character, who I'm struggling to remember the name of, so I'm just gonna Muppet Wiki over there. Jamblin. Yes, Jamblin. Jamblin. Um, I really love it. There was some weirdo on Twitter that was like, they recasted Cantus. Like, no, no, didn't. Didn't, that's a new character. Stop it. They recast Jim Henson as David Diggs. Imagine if we do finally get the, the biopic and it is David Diggs. <laughs> I mean, to be completely honest, I think he'd absolutely he'd, he'd absolutely kill it. I'm not even joking. Kill it, obviously, but it's just very funny to think about. It kind of is. Yeah, I like Jamlin, except for like the last bit where uh, like Boober and Moki are hugging and then he insinuates that they're a thing. And if you ship Boober and Moki, that's completely fine. It's just, in my head, they are, like, gay, lesbian solidarity. They're not love, you know? That's no. what my brain thinks. There's nothing heterosexual about them. No, I think uh, Divi Diggs did wonderful. And also the puppeteer who puppeteered him uh, was wonderful. I think the puppet is super cool. 
Oh yeah, I I love the. I can't remember if the tail also has an afro or not, but if it does, that's very funny, and I like that. The tail is very swirly, which you don't really see a lot of, and I thought that was so cool. It gave a, a like a vibe to him that I liked. I yeah, I thought the idea behind the festival was really cute. I liked how the butterflies looked. I really liked the troubadours. I don't. They are. Not replacements for Cantus and the Minstrels, and nor should they be, because I think what Jim gave to Can- Cantus is irreplaceable, and I think what David gives to Jam- Jamdalin is also very irreplaceable. They both have separate energies, uh, they both are very encouraging figures, but separate, they're separate energies, they find resolutions in different ways. It's like people saying that um, convincing John and uh, Blueberry are the same characters like no they're not if you think they are then you're wrong barry blueberry is so much gayer barry blueberry is just so gay and we love that for him oh yeah i'm not like shaming him oh no no none of we're all everyone here is gay gay here we're all gay here barry blueberry i want to see him host jeopardy Oh, he would kill it. Screw all the, like, human actors that are, like, trying to be the host of Jeopardy right now. I don't give a shit. Get Barry Blueberry on Jeopardy. He would He would do such a good job. I feel like he'd bully the other contestants, and I'd love that. Yeah. Just thinking about it now, it's making me smile. Yeah, and I, nobody can do what Jim did with uh, Cantus and uh, Convincing John. And also, I love the uh, the main photo they chose for the episode, which is Wembley in those little uh, flower glasses with the flutterfly with the flutterfly on his nose. I just love that photo. It's so cute. You have any thoughts on the doc plotline here? Uh, what was the doc plotline again? Uh, she prepares to propose her plastic eating bacteria to her professors. That one, uh, I actually really did like that one. That one was one of my favorites that felt really complete, unlike some of the other ones that kind of felt a little more rushed. Um, This one felt more complete. This is the one where she's trying to, like, talk to Sprocket and, and, like, presenting to him and everything keeps going wrong. Is this the one with the Shiro wall? Yeah. It is. That's so so girl boss of her. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna create my own Shiro board, and it's gonna be like Kendall Roy, Jim Henson. <laughs> like it's gonna. I'm like, this is my Shiro wall, and it's 99% men. Yeah. Well, um, Doc had one man on her board, and that was Sprocket. <laughs> Which I think having having a Shiro wall with me- with like mostly men on it would be so girl boss slay of me. None of these words are in the Bible. <laughs> Mary, you say words, and they go to my face, and I'm trying to discern them like Sherlock, and I can't. <laughs> I go into my mind palace, and there's nothing there. It's just girl boss, slay. <laughs> if you can't plug in your charger, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> just... <laughs> anyway, I thought that... W- that... Se- that... The doc segment was very good, and I like the ending of her being like, yeah, I failed it. It's good to see characters fail, and they be fine with it. 
I love how it wasn't only that she failed it. Like, everything that could have possibly went wrong went wrong. Like, it was just one of those things, and it was very... And her just laughing at it after the fact was very funny. But yeah. There's so many, like, so many shows of the, like, mid-late 90s, early 2000s, where all the characters just had to succeed. There's no showing of failure and everything. Hi, uh, it is post-editing Maria here, and for some reason our software just didn't record the ending of the last conversation or the beginning of the next conversation, so just to fill in some blanks, I finished talking about how it was very important to show Doc failing, because, hold on, my dog is <laughs> being a little devil, okay, it's important for characters to fail, especially in kid shows, because in the 90s, early 2000s, a lot of kid shows were like, all of these characters have to succeed, they have to win, and that puts a lot of damper on children, um, especially me, who, who was a self-proclaimed perfectionist and I'm working on it. So, yeah, it's just, it's very good that Doc failed and the world didn't explode. Nothing horrible happened. Can you hear my dog? She's bugging me. Sweetie, get out of my room. I'm, I'm recording. And then Mary started talking about Yasduzer. That's, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, Yas go king. <laughs> what? The man, the myth, the legend, Yasduzer. <laughs> yes! Yes! was performed by John Tartaglia, so I propose that we call him Johnny Doozer. No, we're just going to call him Yas Doozer, but... I just call him Yas Doozer, but I'm like... My head, he'll be Johnny Yas Doozer. Johnny Yas. Please, Yas, Mr. Yas was my father. <laughs> I, I kind of thought, I'm like, oh, he's kind of like Screwdriver Doozer, because like, Screwdri cause, like a lot of the Doozers are named after tools. And Screwdriver is also an alcoholic beverage with orange juice and vodka. So I feel like, you know, you get the best of both worlds. From Montana. From Hannah Montana, yeah. Thoughts on the two songs, which is first we have uh, a cover of an original Fraggle Rock, a song from the original Fraggle Rock series, both the flow that was originally performed by Marjorie the Trash Heap and is now performed by uh, Jamdalen. Thoughts on that? I remember whenever I first watched the episode and hearing it at first, uh, I, again, my brain didn't catch up with me. It was like, oh, is this a new song? And then when I realized it was a, a Marjorie song, I was like, oh, oh, this sounds good. So I, I really liked it. Um, uh, and it was not me realizing that it was a Marjorie song that made me think it was good. I just I always thought it was good. I just for a little while I was like, oh, it's a new song. No, it's a Marjorie song. And I love bo both versions. and. Um, I don't want to put any one of them on a pedestal. I'm going to put the original one on a pedestal just for a little bit. I think they're pretty even in my head. Yeah, I I get that. I I think I think my opinion on this may shock a few people cuz again I am Gary Nelson number one appreciator and enjoyer. But I do prefer the newer version here because I feel like the the production quality is upped and I feel like David Diggs has got such a distinct has like a has such a distinct voice and it's very unique and entertaining to listen to that I think I just kind of vibed with this version a little more than the Marjorie version. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. I, I think uh, Jamdalen uh, as a character is one of the characters that I actually do want to see back and not just like a, a cameo. Like the, yeah. this is a character I was like, oh, I'd love another episode uh, with, with these characters. David Diggs was doing press for Fraggle, for Fraggle Rock, so I would not be shocked if he came back. Would be great. It's so wild to think about, like, doing press for Fraggle Rock. It's just wild that Fraggle Rock is back. That makes me so happy. So, I remember once I'm like, wow, where, I think it was once where I'm like, guys, tag your spoilers for Fraggle Rock, and I'm like, things I never thought I'd tweet in 2022. Those words are also not in the Bible. No. No. Uh, and then there's the New Day's Day song, which is nice. It's a song. I, I love everything with the, with the flutterflies and also the whole story with, with Boover. Boop, Boover? Boober. I love the whole part with Boober. Boober. My favorite fraggle, Boover. <laughs> I was going to edit it out of the podcast, but oh well. It's a joke now. Boover, my favorite new fraggle. He's a fraggle that tries to pretend to be Boober for a day and trick trick the other Fraggle Five members. Dang, they're recasting Sidebottom now. <laughs> who's this one gonna? Who's the, who's he gonna be played by? Army Hammer. Um, I love the whole thing of of Boober having you know anxiety about having to give this speech. It's so. Uh, I have. Uh, I'm also diagnosed with major anxiety so uh, it was also a very personal thing to me I, I just loved it a lot and and um i love that each specific he had a moment with each uh, other fraggle five member uh to help him feel better which i thought was just so sweet i was i again I, this is such a very sweet and lovely episode i it's great say that about every single episode <laughs> I know. I'll stop saying it when it's not when it's no longer true. It's always true. Next episode, Fraggle Lagoon. Inspired by the latest correspondence from Uncle Traveling Matt, the Fraggle Five decide to take a vacation at Fraggle Lagoon. They discover that all the water has gone missing, and Inspector Red helps the Craggles figure out what happened to it. Meanwhile, Doc and Sprocket take a staycation. Doozers try to find a way to use the mysterious pink goo Cotterpin discovered, and Junior Gorg looks for a perfect place to sun his plant. This episode was written by uh, Morin Mwambella, and it was directed by Jordan Canning. And the songs in this episode are Craggle Lagoon, and there's a lot I want to know. Ooh, let's go. This is one thing I know that if sprout or here she would want to talk about is a puppet of manti beautiful amazing such a cool puppet oh my god my jaw dropped when i saw him oh my so god. big love manti i genuinely do love the uh craggles i think they're so dull they're good um also, Ed Helms. How did they turn Ed Helms into a puppet? That just looks like Ed Helms. That puppet looks like his voice actor. I was very, I was pleasantly surprised with Ed Helms' performance. Because if I had to hear him do the Onesler voice for a, for a few episodes, <laughs> I would have lost my mind. So I'm, you know, very glad that he didn't do that. Yeah. Also, but I mean, 
I mean, I don't have really strong feelings on the Craggles because, I mean, they're not like my favorites, but I mean, how bad ad can they be? <laughs> Sorry, I had to make that joke. No, no, no. I have a complicated relationship with the Onesler that I will never speak of. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try not to ask about that. <laughs> um... It's a long, long story. I'm having war flashbacks. Um, I, I think it, it was, again, how did they turn Ed Helms into a puppet? Because that puppet just looks like him. And I, maybe it's the eye placement. Yeah. And I, I have to, to explain a tweet I made while watching uh, uh, the, uh, these episodes of Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock. Uh, which was, uh, I think, either a day or two before the series went on Apple. They released a behind-the-scenes video, which included a shot of Moki hugging what looked at the time to be another Lady Fraggle, and caused all of Muppet's twit to uh, go, oh my gosh, they gave Moki a girlfriend. Come this episode, I realize, oh no, that's Ed Helm's Fraggle. <laughs> Moki did not get a girlfriend, and I think I tweeted something of, like, gays we lost, and everyone's like, oh no, what happened? And I'm like, Fraggle Rock, and they're like, explain, and I'm like, no, you'll know. And everyone's like, I still don't understand, and I'm like, I'll explain it one day, and here's the day. We lost gays. That craggle can be a lesbian, uh, if that craggle wants to be a lesbian. I mean, I'm not stopping the Craggle from being a lesbian. Oh, I love that we keep calling uh, Ed Helm's character the Craggle because I cannot remember his character's name. It's Lyle. Lyle? boring name. <laughs> yeah, that is a very boring... That is a Craggle boring name. Lyle Craggle. Lyle. Lyle Craggle. It sounds like you have, you're trying to get something out of your mouth. Like you have some like peanut butter stuck at the top of your mouth. I mean, if we have any listeners out there named Lyle, I want to apologize, but I mean, I think you should be asking for a, from an apology from your parents first for naming you Lyle, so. So it's not just Lyle, it is Lyle Craggle. <laughs> what a name! Yes, this was, I, I, this was a red episode. Yeah, I love red episodes. I love red episodes, they're always so good. I related to the uh, the feeling like you need a vacation because sometimes we do, and the uh, the moment with the hair ribbon, I think I audibly gasped because I kind of noticed that from the pilot, but I didn't want to like. I'm like, huh, that must be just like a little error on there, and no, no, it was intentional. No, I'm not crazy. It 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 gives me the same energy of um the defunct land fast pass video of uh Shapeland is Animal Kingdom. Literally the same level of gasp. Yeah, same energy. The oh my gosh. I'm like, this has to be like Epcot or something. It's Animal Kingdom. No. <laughs> video is really good, but also. Uh, just the the reveal of uh like all of the water that this new water that the gorgs and fraggles and doozers are getting are from the craggle land it's so so genius it's so sad it's brilliant it's sad though yes very sad um wait uh 
just love how they started connecting everything. Yeah, also in this episode, uh, deducers try to find a way to use this pink goo that Carterpin found. I don't remember how far they got, but I think this is the one that ended with those two little helper doozers being like, we're gonna go show this to, like, headquarters and they're gonna love it and Carterpin will get all the credit even though she doesn't want us to do this. I'm a doozer! I love your doozer voice. <laughs> Thank you! Listen to Cotterpin. Just li- hey, guys, why don't we just listen to Cotterpin? She knows what she's doing. Yeah. I love the uh, design of Cotterpin. Actually has a Cotterpin, like, in her hair now. It's so, so cute. Listen to Cotterpin. Uh, again, Tubby Custard. The Teletubby Custard. <laughs> You just look at that stuff and go, no. No, I don't want to touch it is the thing. That's something, whenever you see it, you're like, I don't want that near me. And apparently it's sticky. Oh. Horrible. I'm just like, put that thing back where you found it. Put that thing right back where it came from, or so help me. Help me, so help me. And then... Uh, Junior, I believe this is also the episode where, uh, Junior throws Junior Junior down the well, because, oh. uh, Pa Gorg is in his Logan Roy era. Please explain to the audience who Logan Roy is. Well, in the, uh, critically, critically acclaimed HBO series Secession, Logan, Bro- Logan Roy is, cu- is a uh, mega media mogul who was self-made and an asshole to everybody around him, including his his four children, Connor, Kendall, uh, Roman, and uh, Siobhan Roy. And they all fight over who's going to take over his company next, and he decides to keep being a dick to them. It's a show that discovers uh, character development and generational trauma. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's like, I think that's the easiest way I can put it. Yeah, no, that's great. That's fantastic. It caught me up to speed. I also thought uh, Pogorg making Junior throw Red down the well in the episode in season uh, in the uh, episode two kind of foreshadowed that. She kind of foreshadowed that a bit, which is very nice. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Both of those things because you could tell that both times Junior, especially with Junior Junior, that Junior did not want to throw either of uh, those things down the well. Uh, and I don't have much to say on both of the songs except for I like them. Same. I thought they were good. I like them. I, uh, you right for the next episode? Yes. The Giggle Gaggle Games. To help the Craggles fit in, Moki Fraggle uses her supposed knowledge of the Craggles to come up with a plan. The Fraggles will play all sorts of games with the Craggles. The Craggles, however, do not enjoy Moki's pandering. And Moki learns that there's far more to understanding someone than meets the eye. Near the end, Pa Gorg tells Junior to drain all the water, causing Barry Blueberry to declare and become a cliffhanger. Meanwhile, Doc tries to contact her landlady and ends up hearing a message from Cotter Pin Doozer. And the songs from this episode are Same Light and Dream a Dream and See. And this episode was written by Sabrina Jaylees and directed by Jordan Canning. And did they not... I. There are two, uh, I believe there are two Moki episodes, if I remember correctly, and they did not give her anything positive in either of them. Like, no. my poor girl. I poor, I love Moki. I love her, but 
That's the rock, Moki. is so hard to defend. It's like, she's, I'm like, I'm, I'm so close to calling her my problematic fave. Moki is the most problematic of faves. She got in her Miss Frizzle era and forgot how to act. Once she takes her hair down, she will never act like this again. That's that's my theory. I, I hope you're right. Yeah, uh, again, this episode gave us the icon of Barry Blueberry. I love him. Played by John Tartaglia. Yes, thank you, John. There Again, in the behind-the-scenes video, there's a part where Barry spins, and when that happens, John is underneath, like, spinning really fast, and that always made me laugh when I saw that. I love that Emily barely had anything to do in this episode, but besides be very excited by the games. Aww. I just thought that was so cute, and I love him with his little, like, um, flags and, and decorations and everything. Loki tries. I, I think she had good intentions, and I think the episode this remind the, the episode from the original series this reminds me most of is the original Convincing John episode, where she believes that eating the Doozer creations is actually bad for the Doozers. In reality, they want the Fraggles to eat the Doozer creations. I had the same thought. Yeah, it, it reminded me of the same thing, where it's like, okay, there were good intentions here, but yeah. you yeah. ran with an assumption that you should not have ran with. Yeah, uh, we had the same thought. I was going to bring up that episode as well, because that's also one of my favorite episodes um, from the original. So. She has good intentions. She always does. Sometimes they're a little misinformed, unfortunately. I really did like the uh, message of this episode. I think it was written in a very smart way. I I I'm begging you next season, give Moki some something good. Please. She deserves it. She deserves goodness and happiness. I, I also want to touch on the uh, relationship between Cotterpin and Doc here. Yes. I need more of them in season two. I I really want Doc to meet both the Doozers and the Fraggles, because I feel like there is a whole realm of, like, plot possibilities that have not been touched on, and a lot of questions that, topics that could be addressed that haven't been touched on in the original Fraggle Rock that I'd love to see. And I know it probably won't happen. Because I want it. It's it, tons of untapped potential there. My theory, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but uh, my one thing that I would love is if the Doozer Tube from the um, Rock On series got left somehow at uh, Doc's workshop. And so Doc thinks she's like on a call, like a video call with someone, and it's a uh, cotter pin. Yeah. Like, Gobo accidentally drops it when he's going to get uh, Uncle Traveling Matt's postcard. Yeah, postcard. And so she thinks she's on, like, some sort of call with some big, you know, official person. But it's actually just Cotter Pin. Love that. I, want, I would love to see Doc connect with all the mythical things that live in her wall. And I would just like, I just, I don't want, like, a huge show-stopping moment, but I just want them hanging out in her lap for, like, a few minutes each episode. Just to vibe. Nothing, like, no, nothing serious happens. Just vibes. Did I ever tell you about fanfiction I wrote when I was in middle school about Fraggle Rock? Please do. Okay, so 
my idea was it was set way later after the ending of the original Fraggle Rock, and uh, Doc and Schimmelfinny uh, have adopted a daughter, and so um, and she's really young when when all of like Fraggle stuff is happening, and then. Um, like they move, something happens, and then like way later in life, when when she's like what our now Doc's age would be, she would be going back to the original house and thinking like, oh, Fraggles, those were just like stuffed animals and and stuff that my uh, dads would play with, stuff like that. They're not actually real. It was just to entertain me when I was a baby or whatever. And then um. And she gets there, she would realize, like, oh no, all of this is real, my whole worldview is shattered. And there was just a whole thing about them hanging out. I just like when uh, Fraggles and Doozers and Gorgs hang out with humans, and I wish it would happen. Same, and I know it won't happen because we want it to happen. Yeah, it's never gonna happen, and I want it so badly. Right, uh, I think same light is a good intentioned bop like <laughs> a good intentioned bop before we move on to to the songs i just want to say the the ending um like before the last song where um the fraggles are all sleeping and then the fraggle five sleep down in the little circle that's such great like uh cinematography i just love that i feel like it uh when they sing dream a dream because uh, that was a song from the original Fraggle Rock that all the Fraggle Five sang, and they were laying down in a circle on the ground like that. So I felt like it was a, it was the same song. I felt like it was a nice cold callback. Yeah. So it's so cute, and we love it. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the song from the beginning of the episode, Same Light? Mm. Just agree with you. It was a well-intentioned bop. Next episode. This is one I have a lot of thoughts about, which is... Uh, Family the Spokesfraggle. Uh, the Doozers use the pink goo in their Doozer steak recipe, but the Fraggles loathe the taste and avoid eating them. In order to construct more towers, famed and persuasion expert fam- uh, Jackhammer recruits Wembley to promote them. Meanwhile, Doc creates a robotic replica of herself to take care of Sprocket while she's at work. This episode was written by Charlie Feldman, and this is directed by John Rosenbaum. And the songs are uh, Ball of Fire and the Doozer Stick Jingle. Hmm. Where Do you want to start on this one or should I? You go. Just go off, Queen. Guy Fieri Doozer, let's go! Oh, I just also uh, want to add a quick note that uh, Keenan Thompson is the guest uh, voice of uh, this episode. He plays Jackhammer and he is probably altogether my favorite uh, guest voice of the entire season. I think he does such a great job and he completely sells the character. Because uh, there are some, uh, I feel conflicted in regards to this episode because there are some things that, like, I wish, oh, you didn't do, I wish they didn't do. And then there's some things where I'm like, oh, I thought you handled this better than the original series. Uh, the first thing is, uh, Fraggles have a government. What? Not a fan of that shit. Uh, it felt very. It felt very weird to see that and have, like, Gobo be like, we have to trust our politicians. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that felt very off, especially considering the original show. Alright, yeah, so it felt really weird to be like, yeah, we lo- we-, we gotta trust our politicians and shit. 
Also, your faves are problematic. The Fraggle Five all want to be politicians. I don't think they do. They all wanted to be part of con part of the Fraggle equivalent of Congress. To me, I obviously that is there, but part of me was like, um. It's whenever you're really little and everyone's like, you can be president and you don't know what president is. So you're like, yeah, I can be president. That's what I think that that feels like to me. I mean, it could, but also your faves are problematic. They want to become politicians. Uh, fine. Original Fraggle 5 would never. No. No. I also think it had a very interesting message on marketing. Which I went to school for. So, yeah, I can definitely... My thoughts on it were... It remind me a lot of the episode in the original Fraggle Rock where they find the radio and they hear all the ads and it kind of pulls them against each other. Like, no, Carl's has the best mattress in town. And this is, like, it. they, they start worshipping the radio. And I think... That, uh, and that episode is very deep and impactful. Where I, I liked it a lot because it's like this is an entire society where there is no marketing. This they believe everything this machine is telling them at face value. Like we know it's not like the actual best mattress in town, but they don't know that. I really love that episode because it was incredibly smart. Yeah. Now we've got this episode, which I think takes a more 21st century look at marketing, where we have the influencer marketing, where we get simply the smokes fraggle. And it, it kind of loses the spark that I think the radio episode had, where it's like, these are people who aren't exposed to marketing. Or meanwhile, Jack Hammer, it seems like he went to school for marketing because he's like, oh yeah, we've got billboards up and all this and jingles and all that. And I'm like, okay, how'd you learn that? It feels like capitalism, baby. It feels like it's in the early stages. Like, I, I don't believe that it would, it's been here for a long time. I feel like it just started. And maybe Jackhammer is the one that just started this. What does Jackhammer know is the question. That's what I'm getting at. Like, what does he know? Why was he separated from the other doozers? The logical real reason is because all the characters that are separated from the, their respective groups are because it's, you know, a celebrity voice actor. In canon... Hmm. for the canon answer. Canon? Do you think he and, and, and Pokey have something going on? Oh, I, I know Pogi's committed, like, war crimes, but I feel like Jack Hammer is hosting the Fraggle equivalent of Driver's Diamonds and, uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I thought you said Drag Race Diners and Dives, and I was like, I love that, too! I love, uh, I would watch that show. It's just Guy, it's just Drag Race, but it's hosted by Guy Fieri. I would watch that. You have to lip sync for your life, and also make a hamburger using these select items. Well, that's not what divers uh, drive-ins and dives is. It's he goes around. Okay, so if we're putting the two together, this means that Guy Fieri goes around the country, different places, and finds drag queens. Yeah, he's like, "You want to get a burger?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, guy." Yeah, the Yas Doozer is there. 
So that's kind of where my mind goes. And I really like how at the end, Wembley becomes a politician and then he's, yeah, of course he would. Uh, I, that brought up ever again in the show. I feel like it's not. <laughs> Very briefly. Very briefly. briefly. Okay. I don't remember it. I do remember really liking the songs in this episode and um, being for bops. A doozer stick jingle is extremely catchy and it's an earworm. And then there's Ball of Fire, which is a cover of an original Fraggle Rock song. And this, I actually, this is, a, this is on the same level as the original version. And I want to set the stage here. The original version is sung by Jim Henson and Richard Hunt. It is Cantus singing to Junior, uh, tell it, trying to hype him up and be like, you have the potential to be this great gore king. You can be so powerful. And Jim singing as Cantus has this certain power behind him. And Richard Hunt is killing it as ever. And then this version is uh, Jack Hammer manipulating Wembley into doing what he wants. And to see how oh, how they were able to take a song that's like, you can do anything, hmm. and twist it into that is so bone-chillingly perfect. It is literally, for an episode about marketing, they took an old song and they like twisted it into a marketing scheme. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I think yeah, I like it gives me chills thinking about it. And also the production on the new version is fantastic. Keenan Thompson has the vocal cords of a god. Oh yes. Have you if you've ever seen What's Up With That, you know what I'm talking about. Love What's Up With That. So good. I loved this episode. And I really other than all the, the politician shit. But I genuinely loved everything about this episode, and I love the little uh, meme reference at the end, which is, a job here is done. You didn't do anything! That one, yes. Oh, God. I, I remember whenever that came on, I just went, ah! Then, uh, do you want to talk about the Doc storyline at all? Um, I'm blanking on the Doc storyline. What was the Doc storyline? She creates a robotic replica of herself to take care of Sprocket while she's at work. I remember talking to Sprout about this one, and she's like, that's going to be me in the future. <laughs> it was a very well-intentioned idea, but oh, poor Sprout. Just like all of Moki's ideas. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really liked it. I, I Also, John Tataglia's Sprocket. Beautiful, show-stopping, wonderful, never seen before. Amazing. What are some other beats? I mean, these are. Did we have any Gorg stuff in this episode? It doesn't say so, so I'm. Okay. Gonna... Can't remember. I am blanking. My mind is fried. You're doing great. You're doing great, sweetie. Doing great, sweetie. Doing great, sweaty. Next episode, deep dive. Oh, this episode. Okay. When the Merkles, now residing in Fraggle Rock with goo-induced hiccups, Fred tries to fix all the problems that have been piling up, but injures herself in the process. Bobo, Webley, and Boober Fraggle find a way to cure the Merkles, 
Momofi tries to find an outlet for Red's anxiety. Meanwhile, Doc tries to get Sprocket to take his medicine, among other problems, and Cotterpin continues finding a way to get rid of the goo, which has now made its way to the gourds, with mixed reactions. This episode was written by Douglas Lyons and was directed by John Rosenbaum. And the songs in this episode are No Two Paths, and one I'm going to go on a rant on in a little bit, so just hold tight for that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Red and Moki uh, parts of the episode. Uh, let's go, lesbians. Let's go. <laughs> love that part. Love them. I, I, I truly just love their friendship and their relationship. And uh, they're just great. They're fantastic. I love them. Um, the Boober, Gobo, Wembley storyline. I, I love a good boys trip. I think that that was um, really fun. And um, all of uh, Cotterpin stuff. Is this the episode where Cotterpin goes to Doc's workshop, or is that later? I think that's. Uh, I think that's a, either an episode or two away. Okay, sorry, but I. I... <laughs> the part with um, Doc trying to give Rocket the medicine is literally me and my dog, Sweetie. It was so funny just seeing that. Of like, oh, yep, yep. That's sweetie. <laughs> and um, I did love both of the songs, and I know you're going to rant about one of them. So do you want to start there? Uh, I just want to start out by saying I think that this was my least favorite episode of the entire season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're, you're starting on a good note. I did like the, uh, I did, the Gopo, Wembley, and Boover storyline was good. It just didn't feel, it felt very short. Uh, I did like all the stuff with Moki and Red together, but every, but the rest of, and I like the Doc storyline, but a lot of the Red storyline felt very, oh, we're doing this, really? We're doing this trope, really? Like, oh, I, I, and at this point I'm like, oh, and also mixed with the, um, I love the serialized, I, I like the serialized episode format, but when you're building up issue on top of issue on top of issue on top of issues, and you're like, we're going to carry that over instead of wrap that up in a nice 30 minutes, you're starting to drag a lot of anxiety into your show. And this is supposed to be my escapism from all my anxiety piling up in real life, so. I mean, it did its job. We're supposed to. We are supposed to feel anxious. Oh, I. I, I mean, it's. It wanted to make me feel anxious. I just did not like that. Also, song I'm gonna rant on. I, if you know, I before the show came out, I said the three songs I do not want touched by this reboot are Fraggle Rock Rock, which was touched, but it was touched by Dave Grohl, so it's fine. What was the other? I think it. There was another one. I think it was uh, Wembley Fool. And then the other one was uh, Once Upon a Time I Knew My Name. And this uh, includes Once Upon a Time I Knew My Name, which I felt pretty safe was not going to be covered because it is a very deep cut in Fraggle Rock. I'm like, I'm good. I'm safe. Uh, nothing can touch me or hurt me. And then, no. 
I'm just going to say, I fell in love with that song because I was going through an identity crisis of my own, and this song is very much about going through an identity crisis, which, again, was teed up for Gobo at the beginning of the pilot, which never really happened. Um, also, Red's identity crisis seems really stupid. I, I don't want to, like, discount it by any means, but it really... She, she, she pro like, she's going through a lot at this point, and this is the thing that's pushing you over the edge, where you played a role into a reason why these people are displaced. But right now, and there's so much other things going on, and you feel utterly helpless, and I get feeling helpless, but... An identity crisis song is not the same as feeling helpless, and I don't think it was a good fit here. And also, I did not like the production, uh, the new production, because I do think because a key point of that song are the lyrics. And if you overwhelm the song with too much production, those lyrics start getting drowned out. None of this is Karen Prell's fault, who did an amazing job singing the song. Absolutely no hate to Karen Prell. Then also, they cut in the, uh, this isn't in the soundtrack version, but in the episode version, they cut out, uh, like, a fir like a good portion of the, of the second verse. And it felt like it was just doing the song a disservice at this point. Karen Perel deserves her own music. I think that's what this show needs more than anything, is it just needs its own music instead of re-showing the old music. I mean, there is, of course, you know parents of the old show or you know even grandparents showing it to their kids or grandkids but then what you can do if you want to show them the old music is you can watch the old show as well which is also on apple tv yeah like i like like with great big ball of fire that was kind of a reimagining of the song so i'm like okay this is fine but with this it was like see we we know fraggle rock we we know this song and it just, it, such a genuine song that just, it felt so shoehorned in and it didn't feel genuine. And I think, and I think I feel so strongly about this because it is one of my favorite Fraggle Rock songs. And I do, I felt like it was like this, it didn't get the flowers it deserved. And I feel like if you would have held it out for season two, which could explore more things about like I, actually having identity crises or generational trauma, then yeah, I feel like this song would have been a better fit there and you could have had a really cool reimagining. Instead, you wanted to shoehorn it here and it feels so out of place. I I think the reason why I, I do like it is mostly just because of Karen Prell, because of just how she sings it. We talk, uh, we talk so much about Dave Goals having heart and everything she uh, he sings, is Karen. Karen has so much heart in what she sings and what she says and, and does with her characters. So I think that's a, a, a point in favor for the song for me. Oh, totally. I Again, I have absolutely nothing against Karen Prowl's performance of this. I do I do prefer, prefer the original because, again, number one, Jerry Nelson appreciator. And also, there are the elements of better production and actually having the full second verse in there yeah, in the episode. I just want to make it just another quick comment about the uh, the other song in this episode, No Two Paths. 
It's an absolute banger of a bop, and I absolutely love it. It, it. I have seen nobody talk about, nobody else but me talk about this song, and it's an absolute banger. So listen to it. Next episode, Into the Trash. Uber feels insignificant amid the growing chaos of Craggles, Craggles, and Murgles when he's tasked with making soup. When all he's tasked with is making soup. He's soon recruited to help an ailing Marjorie by going into her trash pile to find a cure. Meanwhile, Doc studies her new bacteria for potentially, potentially eating microplastics. Junior Gorg is forced to give up his plant. Oh, this is where we toss it down the wall. Oops. And Connorpin finds a solution to the goop problem in outer space. The fighters make a special appearance during Uncle Traveling Matt's postcard. This episode was written by John Tartaglia, and it was directed by Adam, Adam Stein and Zach, Lipith, uh, Zach Lipifsky. And the songs in this episode are Put It All Together and Fraggle Rock Rock. Okay, you want to start? Sure. Um, I really liked this episode. I thought so many of the elements meshed well together. Again, with, with uh, Cotterpin going out into outer space and, and Doc hearing her, I think that was all uh, fantastic. What I was going to say left my brain, oh no. You go and I'll remember it. I mean, just... I have complicated thoughts on this episode. I love it. Don't get me wrong, I love it. I just have got complicated thoughts. Reading the summary here, I just went, oh, I felt that, especially today with the everything, where there are problems that are happening outside of our control, and it's very easy to feel insignificant in that everything you do is not going to help. It's very easy to feel like Booger here. Yeah, yeah. And everything is going on at once. But we still gotta make that soup. We still gotta eat. We all gotta eat. Do what you can to bring the, to make the world a little better. Um, and then also this episode reminded me a lot of um Great Radish Famine, but they had completely different resolves. And I think when I think of the resolves, I do prefer the Great Radish Famine. <laughs> resolve which is not the resolve i think we want to hear especially now which is sometimes even in the midst of the worst moments nobody's gonna come together nothing will bring people together and you just have to figure out how to live with that well uh this episode is like we just have to put our heads together and join hands and sing kumbaya and everything will work out sometimes it just doesn't happen i know going with the great radish famine version wouldn't have wrapped it up in a nice little bow so i i guess that's why but also who knows i mean that's kind of my main thought on it and also that's what's behind that wall archery i I really do love this episode. Again, another Boober episode. I keep winning. Sprout keeps winning. If you didn't listen to our last episode, it was just me and Sprout, and uh, we talked about the fan cam they made based on this episode. Watch that fucking fan cam. It's so good. Do it. It's awesome. 
the the puppetry in this episode is just brilliant. I love it dearly. And I I generally do love this episode for for a bunch of different reasons and um this episode gives me hope and makes me feel better, especially right now when it's just a bunch of things. Everything sucks. Everything's bad at the moment, but you know, sometimes all you got to do is make soup. That's all you can do. The first time I watched this episode, I started crying because everyone was being so nice to each other. It was nothing else, just people being nice to each other moved me to tears. I think that says everything about the state of the world right now. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. Yeah. Also, I gotta praise Dave Gold singing again because Put It All Together is my favorite song off this from the show because there's he's throwing all his heart in here. It's such a well written and kind hearted song. And the build up in this song is just mass is just masterful. And you just feel kind of caught up in these, like, this rising wind of joy, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my favorite songs, like, I think my favorite songs from the season one are uh, Boomer songs. Because Dave Goals uh, just puts so much heart and love and emotion in, into everything he does. I hope because, you know, maybe, you know, because they're going to start doing season two soon. I hope he can actually see the um, sets in person and perform in person. That'd be cool. That'd be so awesome. I also just want to make a note that because of this episode, I created the worst thing I've ever created in my life, which was uh, Dave Grohl's. <laughs> which was uh, a face mashup of uh, Dave Grohl's and Dave Grohl. And I'm just going to leave that to your imagination. Which Dave Golds was it? Which which version of Dave Golds' face? Whatever he looks like now. I mean, what what are? Well, it could have been like whenever he was really like you know, it could have been Muppet Show days where he had like a big beard. Oh, or in the, like the original Fraggle Rock where he was just being all swanky in his little suits. Yeah, he was just a little guy then. Yeah, just a little guy. It was like late twenty tens, early twenty twenties. Dave Golds. Got it, got it. I uh, I feel like we need to, I feel like we already talked about Poggorg being in his Logan Roy era. Yeah, accidentally, sorry. Outer Pin in Outer Space! Outer Pin in Outer Space sounds like an album. Like, that's an album I would oh. listen to. Like a new wave album from like the 80s or 90s. Yeah. I got. I want Cotter Pen and Doc to meet so badly. I want them to be besties. They deserve to be best friends. Uh, Don Tartaglia is just gonna tease us with it. Like, oh, definitely. Maybe they'll meet. Maybe I'm like, give me the friendship, John. John Tartaglia, come on, Jonathan Tartaglia. Do you think uh, it would be sort of like an ET situation with? Um, Cotterpin and Doc. I hope so, because I do want my one of my favorite tropes is the hiding the um hiding the uh, mythical creature from the public view so they don't get experimented on. Favorite trope. Would love to see it here. Your favorite trope? 
I love it. Okay. Oh okay. my god. I love E.T. It's so good. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just just personally my my favorite trope. Like all of my trope have to do with like romance. <laughs> well, you, this could be a romance trope, but it's like it's fun. It's like, "Ooh, I know a secret that could change the world." But I don't trust these motherfuckers. Like, it's got all the good things. It's got magic. It's got fret. It's got trust. It's got secret government officials doing shady things. Like, it's got everything here. Like, yeah, it, it is my favorite trope. It's like a, it's, it is a whirlwind every single time. And it hits every single time. Hell yeah. Glad, I'm glad you get to talk about it on this podcast. I'm glad I've been holding this in for a while going, oh, my moment is here. When is it coming? When can I talk? When I'm like, oh. I'm going to have to edit that out. That noise. Because oh, you hitting the mic. It was just me banging on my desk. No, it was me banging on my desk. Oh, that was very funny. Um, we already talked about pot. There's not a, is there anything else to talk about with this episode? Besides music, of course. Oh, uh, the Foo Fighters? Oh, yes, the Foo Fighters. They're here. Dave Grohl, the number one Henson fan, is like, Jim Henson needs me, I will be there. And I feel, I think that's kind of, I feel like that's so girl boss of him in a way. If Dave Grohl could, he would invent time travel just so he could guest star on The Muppet Show. And it would hit. It would hit. Be like, you guys don't understand how good this is gonna be, but your kids are gonna love it. <laughs> oh, I love just chucking Uncle Traveling Matt into the audience. That was very funny. It was. It was so good. That that's one of my like one like only really big complaint with the series is there wasn't enough puppet throwing. Throw more puppets. More puppets in the air. It's funny. It's so funny. So funny. It never gets old. Never gets old. Jim Henson was right. Chuck a puppet in the air. It's funny as hell. So them throwing Uncle Traveling Matt was uh, very good. Very fun. Do it more. Throw that man. Deserves to be thrown. You saw how he was talking to Gobo and the pilot. Toss him around. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention with the pilot, I did love the nose boop. I thought that was so cute. Oh, that was adorable. Like, I just went, <gasps> So, so good. Oh, so good. I feel like I talked a lot about Put It All Together. Hmm. Do you have any other, anything to add on that one? I don't think so. Let's, let's, next episode. Oh, okay. I just want to talk about the cover of Fraggle Rock Rock real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forgot. I got so excited. If you weren't Dave Grohl, you would be on thin ice right now. But the version is really good. I love the bridge they added in with the, uh, where it gets, like, quiet and then it's just, like, a bunch of, like, rim drumming. Super cute. Love it. Also, it's really, again, really good, really fun. And, uh, also, no, Dave Grohl did not write the new Fraggle Rock theme song. Fraggle Rock Rock was an existing song. <sighs> the second episode, Wembley of the Gorgs, of the original Fraggle Rock. And I, and I at one point, ratioed Rolling Stone over this, so don't fuck with me. Yeah. 
and also that ep- the the original episode that it came from is one of my favorites. So I talked about Wembley in the Dark's a bit. Yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, we've been talking for so long. This might have to be a two part podcast, part one and part two. No, the more of me, the barrier. Ha 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 ha! Last episode, all of us. Bobo has a dream that inspires him to get everybody, including Junior Gore, solve the mounting problems in Fraggle Rock. Meanwhile, Doc puts her bacteria to the test, and Uncle Traveling Matt gets trapped by Sprocket. This episode was written by Matt Fuzzfeld and Alex Cuthbertson, and directed by Adam Stein and Zach Lipiski. And the songs in this are Follow Me and One Heart. Where do you want to start here? You you start and I'll follow. I'll follow you. Okay. All right. Uh, Gobo's a little bitch, but he's my little bitch. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like that's got to be point number one here. Second of all, you did this to yourself. Number three, do we have a third? Uh, I just he deserved uh he deserved to be put in that cage. On the thumbnail of the episode for his crimes, he knows what he did. This is the cage where gay fraggles go. <laughs> I love how I love how Gobo in the original was like he acknowledges gay people every once in a while too. Oh, he's gay now. He's one of us. Yeah, it's the John Tartaglia uh, ism. It's infected Gobo, and we love it. Gary's Gobo was an ally. John's Gobo is just straight up gay. Oh yeah, we love that for us. We lo- hey, I like both Jerry and John. They're- Jerry's my dude. John is my Twitter bestie. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I also want to add that I really love um, Uncle Traveling Matt and Sprocket in this episode. Yes, so good. Huge himbo energy from Matt. Mm. Uh, gr- good boy energy from Sprocket. Yes. Happiness all around. And I loved the ending of this episode with the camera. I'm very Same. excited to see what it views up. I desperately want Doc to see her laptop, but I know it's not going to happen. They're going to dangle it over our head. They're going to be like, here, loser. <laughs> here, go get the carrot. Go, go get the apple. Yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. That was, it was such a sweet ending. I just loved it. And I loved the whole back and forth with Gobo and, and Junior with with all of the the whole episode. I just it was so sweet. I love Junior so much. I love this specific version of Junior. I mean I love both. I love Richard's version of Junior dearly. That's version of Junior. He's just a little kid. He's just a little guy. <laughs> love him. I also want to talk about uh, Gobo being an emo bitch to those flowers. Don't look at me. Don't. Don't look at me. <laughs> and I'm just crying laughing. I'm like, oh, he's so me-coded. <laughs> yes. It, he's, oh, it's so fun. Literally, when that happened, I went, oh, that's Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Every time when my tweet tweets ha- has a typo and I don't notice until it gets ten likes, don't look at me. And don't look at me. Don't do it. I love how um just in this series in general, 
the Fraggle Five just seems even more friendly and more of a friend group than they did before, and this episode really shows that. I agree. Yeah. You want to talk about the songs? Sure, you go. I want to just start out with the, uh, they cover Follow Me because it's Fraggle Rock, of course they do. There are like 500 different versions of, the, of uh, Follow Me from the original series, and Dave Goals has sung the vast majority of them. There, I, I don't know if Dave Goals has sung Follow Me more than literally anybody else alive, but he's up there. Matt Vogel's Rainbow Connection is Dave Goals' Follow Me. <laughs> he just goes, oh, this one again. Every day the world begins again. Again, yeah. Again, it never sounds natural. I made fun of, I, I kind of, when I first heard the recording, I'm like, oh, John's pronouncing it like that. And then I looked back and I'm like, okay, nobody sounds absolutely natural saying that again. I know they're trying to do it because it, it was, you know, shot in Canada and, you know, with Gobo's A and everything, trying to do that. And also the rhyming scheme, but also... It was mainly the rhyming scheme. It was mainly the rhyming scheme. <laughs> also, everything around this song... How everything was shot was so beautiful, I started crying. Yes, I, I, it was later at night whenever I watched this episode, and I was getting really misty-eyed. I did cry by the end of it, but at this point I was just really misty-eyed. It's, ve it's very sweet, it's well done. I stayed up till 3am finding the exact version of Follow Me from the original that they used for this. And I posted it on Twitter somewhere, so I met. And the other song, I feel like I want to set a stage before I let anybody know my thoughts on it, because I feel like this will set up a lot of mood. You just got, you've just been traveling in the car all day with your family. You are so exhausted. You are being forced to go to, ch to, a, a, Christian to a Christian church of some kind. You are tired and you just want to go to bed. It is nighttime. You are tired and just want to go to bed is the night church and then it's time for, it's about time to leave and then suddenly you see the choir person pick up a single guitar and then it starts wonderwall that's what one heart feels like to me it feels like a christian rock song they sing at the end of a service and try to throw a clap line in, in the middle of just to keep you there longer i thought it was nice <laughs> oh it's a I mean, sometimes Christian rock can go off, but it's Christian rock. <laughs> but this is not one of those times. Did you tweet that out or did you say it in the group chat? Because I'm remembering reading. I think I either said it in the group chat, but I also um, I made a video edit where it's uh, the song in the background, but it's the, uh, the neurology sketch from SNL. I remember. Because that's the vibe I'm getting. Uh-huh. No, yeah, you're right. We want to do an overall uh, thought of the series. I had fun, and I really want there to be a season two. I'd love to see more original songs. I want to see, uh, I'd love to see Doc interact with more of the Fraggles and the Doozers. Again, I love, I like Sprout's idea that that each season handles a different, like, conservation science, which I think would be super cool and educational. Uh, more of Gobo's hat collection, please. <laughs> um, me, 
I think it's confirmed that there is a season two because Apple TV picked them up and um, stuff like that. I, again, more puppet throwing. One, two, and maybe this is just me. I really want Moki to have live hands again. <laughs> I Just more Marjorie. I love Marjorie and, and uh, Philo and Gunge, so but more of them. Um, hmm, what else? What else? What else? More original songs. You know, just stuff you already touched on. I, I know we said something earlier, and I'm trying to think. I'm like, we wanted more of something else, because I know you said the puppet throwing. Oh, yeah. Give Moki some, like, positive traits in her solo episodes. Please give Wembley and Gobo solo, solo songs. I have $2. Please give them to me now. Yeah. I want them in my mouth. Give Lily Cooper uh, a solo. At least one. She's a Broadway actress. Come on. I'd love to see her sing. But also, all the songs kind of work in the worlds they're in, and I feel like I've never seen it done in the human world, so I don't know if that's possible in the rules of Fraggle Rock, but I'd love it if it was. Maybe season finale of season two, uh, Doc finally uh, sees Cotterpin, and they have a duet together. Be that. I'd love that. Also, please make Doc and uh, Mrs. Schimmel Schimmelfinney's daughter gay. Thank you, please. Please, please. This is for me, literally, Richard and I just going off uh, in our DMs talking. Just Mrs. Schimmelfinney's daughter can be like a classmate or, or just, you know, a college grad just like Doc. Or they could meet because, you know, Doc is renting from Mrs. Schimmelfinney. Just let them be gay. Just fulfill the prophecy. We had a prophecy. Doc and Schimmelfenny, come on. I know there's one Fraggle Rock writer who listens to this podcast, or else that hat joke would not have been put in. I know you're listening to this, and you're welcome to have any of uh, any uh, any of these ideas, and you can keep your anonymity. But you know, I just like that sometimes. Come on, literally, we we're not okay. One. If you steal any of these ideas, we want you to steal them. And two, we're not going to take any money. Just do it. We want you to have them. Please. We're literally going free ideas. Yeah, give give Doc a girlfriend and have that girlfriend be Mrs. Schimmelfinney's daughter. Damn it. Come on. Come on. Also, I'd like to see more Sprocket next season. I like Sprocket. Oh, yeah. I think we should do there there should be another episode where Spracket goes into Fraggle Rock. And I'd also like a, a deep backstory on Pokey Fraggle's character and his various war crimes. I know he's committed them. I want a deep backstory on Pogorg. I feel like we are gonna get a generational trauma ne episode next season. In the same vein as the Uncle Go as I like to call it the Uncle Gobo episode of the original series. Yeah, 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 definitely. I feel like it's coming. And I'm I am so ready for it. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Generational trauma. We all suffer from it. Come on. And also if anybody would like to um in include the trope about the hiding the magic the mythical creatures thing more more into the show, please do. I need it for my mental health. Please. That could be a thing of, like, Doc has a, a date with Mrs. Shim Shimmelfinny's daughter, and she has to hide Cotterpin. There you go. Yeah. Oops, oops, all lesbians. 
And then Wembley's just stuck in the apartment for some fucking reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And she has to, like, hide him in, like, her laundry basket. <laughs> Great episode, team. We did it! And then we learn about solar power. Wow. This might be a, a two-parter episode. We have been recording for quite a few hours. Four or five? It feels like forever. At least four hours, yeah. Yeah. Um, are we good? I think we're good. Uh, yeah, let's do the outro. Mary, I want to thank you so much for being on this episode with me. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, we love having you back. We love you. I'm glad our I'm glad your restraining order didn't stop didn't stop you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna punch you in the face. No, we love you. Um, I also want to thank Sprout for the time that she could be on here. Um, I want to thank at Firefair at ninety three on Twitter for our art for the podcast and art banner. And I want to thank at Turning to Stone on Twitter for the intro and outro voice acting. If you want to find the podcast on Twitter, it is at Muppets underscore talking. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Muppet Mulaney on Twitter. If you want to find me on any social media, I am at Nerdy Maria Mania. And if you want to follow Sprout on Twitter, their handle is at Sprout. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a Muppetational rest of your week. Goodbye! Bye! And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm going to need complete silence for this. You know what? This could be this could be the setup of a rom-com. You <laughs> are a lesbian fan and uh-huh. the gay man and your gay man idol keeps liking thirst traps not knowing that mm. you see these. And from this you're able to discover his type, and that you realize that his type is your gay uncle. But so you set your oh. idol up with your gay uncle. Wow, oh, I love I love this rom com. I'm a matchmaker. <laughs> not okay. I'm not going to put any context to that d- description, but that's going at the end of the episode.